Hi there. Welcome to Onward and Other Directions. I'm Will, a trans guy who got to tag along this winter with my 14 best friends, who happen to be Alaskan Huskies, as we competed in our very first Iditarod. I made recordings along the way to share with you here. If you've been listening from the start, you know that we've already started the race and have passed the first major obstacle of the trail, the Happy River Steps. When I last left you, I was preparing for the next obstacle, the Dalzell Gorge, a 10-mile stretch of trail that drops down from Rainy Pass in the Alaska Range to a winding, icy river that the team crosses repeatedly over a series of ice bridges. An important thing to remember about this year's Iditarod is that for the first time ever, teams would travel out to the interior of Alaska and then come back the same way, which means this was the first time crossing these obstacles in this race and that we'd need to do it again on the way back. As we led into this section of trail, I began to notice that the dogs were experiencing a little bit of a stomach bug. They had loose stools and weren't as interested in eating. I talk about what I did to help them with that in this recording most likely because we had already placed the team on probiotics, yay for good gut biomes, they were able to get through their bug without too much trouble. In this recording, I have already completed my stay in the Rhone checkpoint and completed a run to my next planned stop, a camp between Rhone and the next checkpoint of Nikolai. Because the stretch between Rhone and Nikolai is so long, about 75 miles, my plan called for a stop midway, where I could give the dogs a meal and a rest before moving on. This recording takes place after leaving that camp. <laughs> All right, here we are on run number, uh, I think maybe five. Oh, wow, so close to the shelter cabin. But um, yeah, we just were camping. Um, on the way to Nikolai. So, as of last night, we had conquered the major obstacles. Belle, what are you doing? Oh, there you go. You guys ready? Um, so the major obstacles being the, uh, the steps and the gorge. Um, I don't remember if I recorded again last night, but um, I got into Rainy Pass and we had only gone 27 miles, um, whereas the mileage said it was something like 35 or 40, which it just wasn't. It was 27 by my GPS and the dogs were still pretty charged up and um, they had done great on the steps. And um, so I kind of made a quick decision. I had given myself a, I'd considered this and I'd given myself a um, kind of a metric by which to decide. So I said if it was still light and within kind of a reasonable time when I got to Rainy Pass, where it seemed like I might be able to do the gorge in the daylight, then I would go ahead and push forward. Um, and maybe I talked about that on the last recording. I, I can't remember. Um, but I did get there in daylight and I talked to one of the people there, one of the checkers to see what the mileage and stuff was. I definitely check each time I'm coming into a checkpoint to find out what the locals say the mileage is because that seems to be a lot more accurate um, than the uh, sort of PR version. Um, 
So yeah, um, the gorge was going to be 25 miles away out of a 35 mile run. So it was going to be the last 10 miles basically. Um, and uh, so what that ultimately meant was that I was definitely going to be doing it in the dark. But either way, I was going to be doing it in the dark um, because there, the only way I wouldn't is if I rested in Rainy Pass for like 12 hours and that was not really a reasonable idea. Um, so um, I decided that I would uh, sally forward. And so, um, you know, might as well get that done and um, get to Roan and then take a good break. And I even thought about um, that I would take my eight hour in Roan and, you know, really do a lot of vet work with the dogs and, um, yeah, let them get a big rest in. Um, and also hopefully try to get this, that bug that they had worked through their system. So, um, so yeah, I decided to go through the gorge and I, um, I did, and it was pretty wild. I mean, it was, it was honestly not as bad as I expected from all of the hype and photos and video. And I, I mean, I think it's the kind of thing where it definitely could, you could see how it could be much worse. Um, I mean, it was definitely technical driving. Um, so one thing that was weird was that I actually ended up with Annie in the um, in the like basket because um, she was kind of like right after we left Rainy Pass. I think she got like really bummed out and she just was not herself. She wasn't pulling, which is totally not her. So. Um, and she has had a little bit of a sore shoulder, which I've been nursing and working on with her. Um, and mostly she's working through it. But right after Rainy Pass, she was like, no, I, I can't. Uh, she kept looking back at me kind of like pitifully. So um, I had been thinking about giving some dogs a rest kind of each leg anyway, because it can be a useful tool. Why not give one of the dogs a, a nice break? and especially if they're nursing, you know, some like a soreness or something, it just totally gives them uh, an extra chunk of time. I mean, you know, depending on what you do for your next layover, it could be like 12 hours or more of time for them to just recover. So I decided to give Annie a ride and she like passed out in the basket. She was, she was, um, I mean, she had just done, she had just led that leg for the steps and had just put everything into it and I think was totally on the page of like I'm I'm gonna get to Rainy Pass and then I can take a nap and so anyway she did get to take a nap just in the sled um everybody else was like ready to rock rock and roll <laughs> there's a raven flying above us and they're really excited they love a bird they're so funny we did see a fox on the way to the gorge. Um, it was eating snacks or something that had been left where somebody had camped and it didn't see us. I thought um, we were almost going to run it over because it, it was right on the trail basically. And um, oh boy, the dogs really wanted to chase it. But luckily, um, I think I had Emmy up in lead at that point. I um, finally put her in and, um, you know, I, I decided she probably could it, it would be one of the best places to utilize her skills going through the gorge. And, um, I mean, that definitely proved out. And it also was useful when we saw that fox because she kept everybody going. So, um, 
Yeah, that was that was kind of cool. And then I wish I could have seen the gorge in daylight. Maybe I will on the way back. It looked like it was really just super beautiful. Um, I think I forgot on the like as I did it that um, it was going to be basically ten miles of kind of like little water crossings. A lot of them had um, kind of homemade bridges that the Iditarod Trail Committee puts in that are like I think basically just plywood. Um, or like what they call ice bridges. They like basically pile a bunch of trees on and then cover it with snow. And I would assume that they kind of douse it with water to get it to freeze. And um, yeah, I mean, it was like, it was, you had to be on your toes. But I also had Annie in the basket. So I was like extra on my toes because I really didn't want to, um, you know, like send her flying or, or you know, have her be hurt. So I was really driving uh, at my top top capacity, basically, as, as well as I could. And I, I think I did a really good job. Um, we did tip twice. Um, I can't remember the first one, but it was something silly where we just like bloop, tipped over. And Annie was like, well, should I like get out now that I'm by the ground? Um, but then that was no problem. We just kept going. But um, Another time we kind of, I didn't realize, I thought we had kind of finished with the gorge. I thought we were out of it. It was really hard to tell because it was, you know, obviously dark and I was trying to utilize my lowest um, possible headlight setting because of, um, because we don't have uh, places to recharge. So it's important to conserve the battery. And anyway, I thought we were all done. So I was like drinking a Gatorade and then all of a sudden we came around a corner and there's like another series of ice bridges and more technical than before and we hit one of them um luckily it wasn't very high up um it was only like maybe a foot or something off the the um like the river below it and the ri and right below it that was frozen so i mean that was lucky but um yeah we basically like i caught the edge of it with the sled but then we ended up tipping and um I hit my knee on the sled pretty hard. I, Annie was fine. Everything was okay. Um, one thing as I've done these different technical things, um, including the stuff we did today, um, is that my part of my sled build includes incorporating my snowshoes, um, obviously like removable, removably, but they are both, they are each on the outside of the sled and they have those like, spikes that you would use not spikes but like uh i don't know what they're called i mean they're like sharp parts that you can use to like walk on ice basically um kind of like crampons but they're part of the snowshoe anyway those are facing outwards on each side and the idea which has been worked perfectly is that um if the sled falls over it just stops because it just has you know it has traction it just grabs the ground or whatever and just totally stops and that has been like that happened when we tipped on the ice because they would have just happily kept on going with me hanging on to the handlebars in sort of an awkward way um but instead the spiky parts caught and the sled just stopped and um that also happened today on a different section um at the very end of the gorge, um, we ran into the Iditarod Insider crew, the video people, 
and um, they were, I don't know what they were doing. I think it may have something, I, I don't, they didn't seem like they were filming. They were like looking at the trail, but I ended up taking a turn that I didn't think was the best one because of them. So this one section like branched off to the left and right. And I ended up going to the right, but then they said we, there was an X here or like on one of these, which it says don't turn there, but we don't know which one because it got ran over. So it's hard to tell which section we're supposed to go on. And then I like, so I had one of the guys hold the brake of my sled and I walked down basically both trails to look. And at the end of both trails was an ice bridge um, and it led to the same area. But the one on the left was more of kind of like a straight shot. And the one on the right was um, like you got off or you got onto the ice bridge at like a 90 degree or yeah, like a 90 degree angle. So it was just going to be really technical. Um, well, you kind of took one turn and then turn. So it was like an S, an S hook kind of thing almost. But I was already facing that bridge. So even though that looked more complicated, it was going to be really difficult to like try to turn the dogs around and go up this other trail. Um, and so I, what I ended up doing was I just took Annie out of the basket. She actually had been getting more and more ex like interested and excited as we did these trails because the dogs were super psyched. And um, so I ended up, um, yeah, putting her back in team and she was like screaming to go. So. Her little nap in the basket seems to be what the doctor ordered, and she was, like, really happy. Um, so, yeah, then we headed uh, onto that trail. And right as I crossed that bridge, somebody ahead of me all of a sudden was shouting, stop, stop. And I was like, okay, I'm stopped. I, like, got my break in as soon as I could, and um, it was another musher. And he'd had an issue where he ended up going to the – he took a wrong turn – instead of going over an ice bridge she ended up going like down along the river for not very far but far enough that his dogs were like they couldn't get across the river and so i don't know exactly i think what ended he like they tried to cross the river and he ended up with his sled like hanging off part of it or i don't know what was happening or yeah i think he said he had dogs like who like fell off the bridge and i mean everybody's okay but yeah it sounds like it was a disaster so he he basically, he just unhooked all of his dogs and uh, connected them on the other side of the river. It looks like like one by one. And um, then when I saw him, his sled was still there. So he asked me if I could um, drive a sled while he had his dogs pull them apart. It looked like he made like a super extra long gang line is how he got them across the river. And they were all attached on the gang line, but on the other side. So um, yeah, it sounds like it was kind of a dicey situation for him um but yeah I drove the sled across and then one of the insider guys was there again and he held the brake for that guy and then we were able to continue on but um I got to Roan uh which was really really welcoming and um yeah I was really excited they had I was so thirsty and I don't have either I brought two water bottles to bring like insulated water bottles and I don't have either of them so I'm just trying to thaw out bottled water that's frozen already there are multiple birds I will have you know different types and that is just firing these goofs up 
anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, I was really thirsty, and, and right when I got there, they were like, we have Tang, and I was like, oh, yes, so that was exciting. Um, so I got the dogs parked and um, bedded them down, and um, they were all happy to be in their bed. And it's really funny, you know, they like bark and scream when we get to a checkpoint, but I am pretty sure it's because they want to go lay down. <laughs> I'm like pretty sure they're like, yes, bedtime. Yeah, I'm talking about you guys. They all look back at me. Um, anyway, it makes an impression on people, but I mean, I think it looks like they want to keep going, but I'm pretty sure they just like want to go to bed. Uh, they really like going to bed and they really like running too. I mean, like when it's time to go they're they are making some noise, but anyway, that's just a funny thing. So, um, got them all bedded down and started making food. And, um, one of my neighbors was there, which was kind of a shock cause he definitely is like a top tier contender. Um, but it sounds like he'd been kind of having a crappy first part of his race. So, um, he had taken his eight there and that was my plan. I declared my eight when I got in there because I thought it again would just be a good time to work on all the dogs and we'd just done this pretty long run. Um, it ended up being about 60 miles total. Uh, anyway, we, um, yeah, so my neighbor was like, um, did you hear what happened with Allie? So Allie is this phenomenal musher who is um, also a neighbor and a friend and um she's been mushing for years and years she won the yukon quest in 2000 um she has gotten second in the iditarod like over and over and over um uh so i was like no what happened and he's like well i think that helicopter and there was a helicopter we could hear he said i think that helicopter must be for her and i was like what and um yeah apparently she fell or like, you know, wiped out in the gorge. And uh, it sounds like she was hurt pretty bad. I, the details I have are very just scattered and I don't know. But the, um, what I heard was that there was something dislocated and that she definitely hit her head. Um, so I ended up seeing her like being taken away by the medevac guys, which was pretty wild. Um, and she looked, you know, rough. Um, but it is also, this was going to be her last Iditarod. This was like her retirement Iditarod. And um, it is just, it was shocking. Um, when I say that Allie's retiring, I mean, this is a, she's 50 years old, but I mean, don't get in a fight with this woman. She is one of the toughest, like, um, most athletic people I've ever met. Uh, she's super tall and... Um, yeah, just like clearly an athlete and um, and a competitor. Um, she's also one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But she and her husband decided that, you know, they've been dog mushing for like decades. And, you know, there were some other things they wanted to do with their lives. And um, so they she announced her retirement. I actually helped her with the announcement because I work on her. I, I designed and maintain her website. So, um, yeah. So I came out of the steps in the gorge feeling like really awesome. I, the dogs were great. Um, I was able to navigate through the obstacles like with no problem. Like I was really pleased with myself. Like that was, to me, it seemed easier than a lot of the Copper Basin. And 
Um, I don't know how I didn't like psych myself out or what the deal was, but I, um, yeah, got through it and was just so happy and feeling like really confident and just like the sense of like, I don't know, just feeling grounded in myself and like my capabilities. And yeah, it's like a really weird, but amazing feeling. Um, you know, ever since I, once we crossed from the trails that I knew into basically like new territory, um, I just got into this happy place, like this like, just wonder and awe and like looking at all of the scenery and then also this sense of like being able to do do it you know like this sense of confidence and I'm still like I'm juggling you know there's issues but I have all 14 dogs right now um and there's there's definitely you know there's some things I'm working on there's shoulders and wrists and a lot of dogs have sore psoases, which is, I didn't even know that was a thing that existed until this year, but um, yeah, it's definitely bothering a couple of them, and I'm just kind of, I'm just working on them, and I'm, I feel like really happy about where the team is at. They seem really happy, they seem really positive, and um, yeah, I feel really like proud of myself for the vet work that I'm able to do. Um, yeah, so even though there are those problems, it's not like, I'm not catastrophizing it. I'm, and even though I was like nervous about the steps in the gorge in a way, I wasn't catastrophizing them. I was just like, I don't know, I just did it. And then having done it, I felt so, oh, I felt empowered, I think. And like in myself, in, you know, not like I gained that power from somewhere else it's like I just discovered this and it was such an amazing feeling and then within like minutes hearing that that had happened to Allie who I think is like the definition of a person who is like that who knows who she is and who can fucking do anything I mean she's like probably one of the closest people to a superhero you're ever going to meet you know and she to have to to know that that happened to her like scared the shit out of me because then because here's the thing we got to go back and do all those obstacles again so on a normal year we wouldn't have to and there'd be like kind of this buffer of time and I mean or maybe it would still be you know cause anxiety and worry and whatnot but um yeah it's uh that was like a really weird moment where I was just like jolted out of that sense of peace and obviously like filled with concern for my friend and just like but especially this shock that this could happen to this person who I look up to so much um so yeah I, that was really scary it was also really weird because I knew it was very weird to like be there I mean I couldn't like I didn't even make eye contact with her she was just basically being you know, tested by the medical people, and then they they based, they just like loaded her up. But um, I really wanted to like go give her a hug, or I don't know, just like it, it looked like so lonely. It's just so wild. I mean, you know, I I don't know the exact situation of what happened. Again, I kind of heard different things. It sounds like she basically fell off of one of the bridges. 
I don't know, like maybe if a rabbit had run across the trail in front of the team, you know, before then, then that specific situation wouldn't have happened. Like it's just such a scary thing to know that, you know, just one tiny little moment can change everything. So yeah, anyway, so that definitely affected me quite a lot and I'm, um, yeah, it was a lot of kind of processing that and I, I was like, I didn't want to continue my race. I was like, why would I do this? This is just like terrible, but, um, you know, and also I've just been, you know, obviously like thinking about her, like what's she doing right now? Is she, um, in the hospital? Are they, um, you know, doing tests on her? What's the... Um, is she sleeping right now? I bet she's tired, you know? Did they let her sleep? Because, you know, it sounds like she had a pretty good concussion. Um, yeah. Um, I was able to kind of get my stuff back together. Um, and, uh, So, like, get my, I don't know, my plan back together. And my, maybe a better word is, like, what I needed to do. Um, my duties, my uh, priorities or something. I mean, I like, I need to take care of the dogs. That was the main thing, you know? And, um... I was able to, I was able to get focused on that. I don't even know how, honestly. It was such a weird experience, but I, I guess I just did. And um, yeah, I did my vet, you know, I fed and I kind of repacked my sled for the millionth time. Um, and uh, like, that's part of my routine. I. I, um, I go through, I like feed and do vet work and then I try to get everything ready for leaving. So I will pack my sled, um, like repack it after unpacking it for using it. Um, so I did all that and then I, you know, um, decided to go get, some sleep. I had a couple hours and, um, I, uh, yeah, I think I slept for an hour and then, um, more vet work. And I don't know, I guess at some point I left, um, I left late, like on its own thing. Um, and I don't know what the, I don't know why or how, but I was able to just, like, get back into that place. Um, I mean, even though I definitely still, like, have a sense of worry about the, about going through the gorge again. Like, just the concept of what it can do to somebody. Yeah, that freaks me out, for sure. Um, but, uh, um... But the rest of it, I mean, like, I was able to, like, get going and um, make it happen. I did leave two hours later than I was supposed to, but um, 
that was just executive function at work and you know it is what it is i wasn't happy about that but i also was like okay well you know do better on the next one um And then we went through more beautiful new country and it was just like snowing like so much this morning. And then we went through this um, area that's kind of infamous called the burn and the buffalo tunnels. And it was so different and interesting and just, I don't know, it was really cool. Um, and we were still going through mountains, you know, we were still in the foothills of the Alaska range on the other side going up and um, it was awesome. It was super beautiful. And, you know, there's more obstacles like the burn has like glaciation and which is when um, like creeks freeze over, but they keep like freezing and freezing and freezing. So it builds up like a side slope. Um, and you know it's like you're there's parts of it where you're mushing on bare ground or um since it was snowing the it was like for me it was like the dirt covered with a thin layer of snow um but yeah i mean i had been nervous about that and we got through it and it was like i was in the same place it was in i was this in the same like zone of feeling confident and like yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I still like am in that place and, and also just like enjoying mushing, which is something I haven't done in uh, a long time. I know, Ophelia. I know. I have been so stressed and been under so much pressure with mushing for so long. Um, and I don't, I, maybe it's just because like, you know, I, maybe just having done the gorge and the steps, um, I kind of like proved something um, to myself. And like, I mean, it felt easy. And um, I mean, we've still got a lot of race ahead of us and I know that there will be ups and downs and, um, you know, in the last, I don't know what day it is even, but however long I've been going, I mean, I don't even know what mile I'm at of the race, honestly. I guess I'll know when I get to Iditarod that it's like 400 miles. But, um, yeah, in this last, however long it's been, um, I've only gotten two hours of sleep total. Uh, and I'm definitely tired, but I'm also like dealing with that a lot better. I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why I'm like locking into the zone, but I mean, I'll take it. That's, it's a really good feeling. Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like, I feel really happy and I'm having fun. Um, <laughs> which I definitely did not expect. Um, I expected to be suffering this whole time. And, uh, you know, 
Uh, I wonder if a big part of it is that it is really warm. I am mushing in just a jacket right now. It's like, um, last time I checked it was 32, which is obviously not good for the dogs. It's so warm. But um, let's see what it is right now. Well, it dropped down to 30. So exciting. But um, yeah, I think that might help my mood. Probably it's, I'm not as drained and exhausted um, trying to stave off the cold. I think it's supposed to get colder, which I hope it does because it's tough on the dogs for it to be this warm. We just camped, so I didn't record during the last run I did, which was from um, Roan to a campsite between Roan and Nikolai, like a place I picked as we were going. So this place looks good. And um, so I, uh, I didn't record on that. I just kind of felt like really, I didn't want to like interrupt that sense of peace I was feeling. I think so and I kind of wanted to just like um like enjoy it for myself for a little bit um which is so funny because I was like that initial fear of like oh, I'm gonna have to be alone like yeah I don't know it's so weird I yeah this is none of this is what I expected as far as like how this would go for me mentally um so, I think the dogs are having fun. They're like getting in the zone too, you know, like we eat, we sleep, we run. We eat, we sleep, we run. And they are just like really enthused about all those things. And, and they do those things like full, full out. No holding back. I'm really proud that I have the 14 dogs. I don't know if I'll be able to stick with the 14 because um, uh, Cassidy is definitely sore. Um, she's still doing good, but she's running with a different gait, which is... Um, Probably wouldn't jump out if you didn't know her gait, but it is like glaring to me. Um, and it's definitely that so as, and I've been working on it with her, but um, yeah, I can tell it's still affecting her. Um, so there's been a couple other dogs who have had the same thing um, and I have been able to get them through it, but you know, obviously I don't want her to be in, in pain so I feel like there's a whoa good dogs there's kind of a line um let's take that off you huh buddy thanks oh good job cast cast Emmy's also definitely sore good girl good girl Hey, buddy, you seem happy, though, huh? Yeah, you seem like you're enjoying your life. Oh, good, you guys getting some snow? 
Who's so cute? Who's so cute? Yeah, you guys are. Should we keep going? Ready? All right. Yeah, on the last run, Cassidy started with this different gate, and she did eventually warm up into more of a, uh, more like her normal gate. Um, so we just camped for two hours. Oh, well, it was supposed to be two hours, so I don't know how much it ended up being. I think it might have been like two and a half or something, or three, I don't know. I, I don't remember what time I got there, so then... I have no, I have no idea. Um, but, wow, I am just realizing I'm super hungry. At our little camp, I tried to warm some, um, good job, Marnie. Tried to warm up some, uh, some food, but I didn't have enough fuel to heat the water hot enough to warm it up, so. I just gave it up, but I guess I can eat something else. Um, I have a lot of candy, somehow. Uh, I'm not taking, like, a close look at my, um, my people food bags when I'm getting in. Not really focused on that, but I know I have some other goodies in there. I did eat some of the ice cream yesterday. It was very weird. It had totally melted. Um, I guess Cold Stone ice cream needs to be like, I don't know, colder than just freezing. Because um, it was like milkshakes in a bag. It actually kind of worked out, but weird experience. Now, that also was not what I was expecting. So, mm -hmm. I think about the big picture of Iditarod and like what we still have to do, then it's overwhelming for sure. But I'm really focusing on just like the next step and the next step. Um, my plan, I think now, as I recall mentioning before, is to probably take my 24 at McGrath. Um. I'm looking forward to that, uh, mostly just to give the opportunity to really do some good work with the dogs. It's my biggest fear coming into this has been that like I wouldn't be able to like wake up, and that hasn't been an issue at all. Um, in fact, my the alarm, the fancy alarm clock I got just died right away because it was it was actually cold for a minute. It was like. I don't know, like 10 or 12 below, um, like the first day or so. And that alarm clock died and I didn't have, I didn't bring extra batteries. So for that, it needs like a nine volt or whatever. So I just uh, threw it away. Um, 
So we're out of the mountains now and we're kind of in just like these flat, um, like spruce forests, like low spruce forests. It's a lot like our trails at home, actually. This is definitely the interior. Um, it's very familiar. So um, yeah, we're just kind of like marching along. Um, also, I'm so hungry. So I think I'm gonna turn this off and eat some food because, oh, here's the shelter cabin. So there's a shelter cabin. It doesn't look like very many people used it, but it's a shelter cabin along this route, which is kind of nice. All right, that's my stomach growling. I'm gonna turn this off and maybe I'll see you on the next run. Okay, onward. Thanks for listening to Onward and Other Directions. You can find out more about this section of the trail and see some pictures from this route by going to ataokennel.com. You can also find transcripts of this episode on our episode page. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by looking up A-T-A-O Kennel. Thank you so much to all of the folks who allowed our race to happen. We couldn't have done it without you. See you next time. Onward. Onward.